Missy. I wish you could have seen the look of worry on Steve's face when I walked up here with Missy. He thought I was going to sing. If you would, open your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 9. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 7 today. Now, the past several weeks, we have been looking at the different miracles of Jesus Christ, and we've been looking at what these miracles tell us about Christ and how he interacts with us. And we have looked at his power over the demonic forces, his power over raising the dead, uh, his power over creation where he walked on water, his power of meeting our needs when he fed the, the multitudes. And then last week we looked at his power over sickness and how he healed the people of leprosy. And these miracles not only prove how he, he interacts with us and how he deals with our different needs, it also proves his deity, how he has power over all creation, how he has power over, you know, just everything that we see, how he raises us to life, how he frees us from sin, but not only how he frees us from sin, but how he cleanses us from sin. And today we're going to look at another miracle. And this miracle is when he healed the blind man, when he gave sight to the blind. And what we're also going to look at is how this shows us that he gives us sight and gives us light. Again, look at John chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. It's written, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be showed on him. I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As soon as he had Thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and anointed the eyes of the blind with the clay. And he said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came again seeing. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings Upon the reading of your word, and Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today as we worship. Just illuminate your word for us, and Lord, if there is anyone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I just pray, Lord, that you would just speak to their hearts. 
and just let them see their need for you, Lord, and just save today. And Lord, I just pray that, again, you would be with those that could not make it today, those that may be sick and shut in, those that have lost loved ones, those that have, might be traveling, Lord. We just lift each one to, up to you, Lord, and just ask your blessings upon each one. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with me today and give me the words to say. Let the words that are spoken be your words. And Lord, just bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, when we, when we look in the Gospels, this is not the only account of Jesus healing the blind. If you look over in Mark chapter 8, you see where he heals someone that was blind. And in 8, 22 through 26, he heals a blind man in Bethsaida. But then you also have the account in Matthew, Mark, and Luke where he heals Bartimaeus. You know, in, in Matthew 20, you see the account of Bartimaeus 29, uh, I think it's 29 through 34, you see the account of Bartimaeus, and then in Mark 10, you see the account of Bartimaeus, and then in Luke, um, and I think it's Luke 18, where you see the account of, of Bartimaeus. So, so we see the, difference, the different accounts of him healing the blind. Now, here we see... Jesus healing someone, and it points out that the man had been blind from birth. This man was blind from birth. And the disciples, when the disciples see the man, when they're passing by, look at what the disciples ask Jesus. They ask if this man's blindness was caused either by the sin of this man or the sin of his parents. But then notice what they put right on the end of that, that he was born blind. See, the Jews had a belief that even in the womb, someone could commit sin. So they were wondering if this man had sinned before he was ever born. Because they believed that being born blind, deaf, mute, or lame was because of sin. But notice how Jesus ends that belief here. He says it's neither because of this man's sin or his parents that he was born this way. Sin did not cause this. But instead, if you notice what Jesus says, he says it's because that the works of God might be seen that the works of God might be shown upon this man. He was born blind not because of sin. He was born blind so that God would be glorified in his healing. But we also see something else in Jesus healing the blind. If you turn over to Isaiah chapter 35... In Isaiah 35, it talks about the Messiah. That's a, a chapter that is filled with prophecy concerning the Messiah. And when John the Baptist sent his disciples to Jesus, 
Remember, they asked Jesus, you know, are you the one or should we expect someone else? Jesus quotes from John thir- or from Isaiah 35. He says, go back and tell John that the blind are receiving their sight, the, the deaf are hearing, the mute are speaking, the lame are walking. You know, just paraphrasing what Jesus says, he quotes from that chapter. So Jesus healing the blind man was a fulfillment of Isaiah 35, 5 where it talks about how the blind would receive sight when the Messiah came. Because if you look back in the Old Testament, nowhere in the Old Testament do you see anywhere where the blind receive sight. Nowhere in the Old Testament was anyone healed of blindness, yet here we see Jesus fulfilling prophecy. We see Jesus showing the power of God. We see Jesus healing the blind. The blind receiving sight. And as Jesus says, he is going around working the works of the Father. Doing the works of God the Father. But when we look at this healing... The first thing that you can notice is this healing was different than any other healing. Look back in verses 1 through 7. Do you notice something? This man never asked to be healed. He never asked to be healed. The disciples were just talking to Jesus about him. Who did the sin, this man or his parents? And Jesus said, none of them had sinned. And then Jesus heals him. The man never asked to be healed. Jesus just heals him. But what we see is this is important for the man's faith. It's important for the man's faith, and we'll look at that in just a second. But then second, notice how Jesus heals him. He spits upon the ground, and out of the dust and the spittle, he makes clay and anoints the man's eyes. And then he tells the man to go wash in the pool of Siloam, another act of faith. You know, go do this. Now, Jesus could have just spoken the word, and the man would have been healed. He could have just touched the man, and the man would have been healed. Why the clay? Why did he make the clay? As I mentioned earlier, it shows faith. It was an act of faith on the part of the man that was anointed. It called for faith. Remember, he never asked to be healed. So what Jesus does is he he does something where the man must demonstrate faith in what Jesus asks him to do. Jesus anoints the man's eyes and tells him to go wash. And the man goes and washes. A demonstration of his faith. But then look at what we see also. We see the man's faith in action throughout this chapter. We see his faith in action. 
after he is anointed and people see that he is restored of sight, what happens to him? He's called into the synagogue to give an account of how he was healed. And what does he do? If you continue to read this chapter, you see the man defending the healing with the Pharisees. Basically, he gets into a theological argument with the Pharisees and he defends the healing and he also defends Jesus Christ. And then what happens to him? Because the Pharisees did not want to hear this, because they had already made up their mind that Jesus was a sinner, because he was healing people on the Sabbath, they cast this man out of the synagogue. And then how does the chapter end? The chapter ends with this man worshiping Jesus Christ. So I want you to notice something about this chapter. The chapter begins with the man being accused of sin. The disciples ask, who did the sin? Pretty much accusing this man of sin for being blind. Then we see the man demonstrating his faith. And then it ends with the man growing in faith as he defends Christ and then worshiping Christ, bowing before Christ. That's what we see in this chapter. But you know, that's similar to how our faith progresses, isn't it? We're sinful. Then we hear the gospel message, and when we hear the gospel message, in a sense, our blindness, our blind eyes are anointed by the gospel message, anointed by Jesus Christ through the gospel, And then when we receive Christ, in a sense, we are washing in the pool of Siloam. Remember what Titus 3.5 talks about. It's the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. We're washed in the pool of the Holy Spirit. We gain our sight, and then our faith continues to grow. And then one day... When we all get to heaven, we will all bow before Christ and worship him. So the blind man pretty much shows exactly what happens to us. It has to start with faith. And then as our faith grows... It ends with us worshiping Jesus Christ. But then second, just as a little aside here, on the spittle with the clay, if you go all the way back to Genesis, how was mankind created? Out of the dust of the ground. We were created out of the dust of the ground by God and here God is using the dust of the ground to heal someone's eyes. Restoring sight to someone who is nothing but dust. It shows Christ's power in creation through this healing.
Again, it points to Jesus being the creator of all things because he uses the same substance that he created man to heal and restore the sight to man. So this healing proves his deity. It's a fulfillment of prophecy. It proves he is the Messiah. Proves Isaiah. What Isaiah said the Messiah was going to do. We have Jesus performing that miracle. But spiritually it proves something else. In regards to us. Remember how I said the blind man was pretty much a good description of our faith? And how we grow in the faith? How we start out blinded by sin, blinded and kept away from the light of God because of sin? And then Christ restoring this man's eyesight proves that, that when we go to him, he can restore our sight and give us spiritual sight, opening up our eyes to his light. Well, that's what Christ does. That's what it does for us spiritually. Jesus gives us spiritual sight. Just as he healed this blind man, he heals our spiritual blindness. And he gives us spiritual sight. Look at what he tells the disciples. In verse 5, he says, As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. When this man washed in the pool of Siloam, what was the first thing that he seen? That he would see? Light. The first thing he saw was light. If you look in Mark chapter 8, what's the first thing that, that the man sees? He sees light. He looks up and he sees light. And then he says, I see men as trees walking. He saw light. So spiritually, he gives us sight, but he gives us light. Because he is the light of the world. Before we are saved, we're blind to the things of God. We're dead in sin and on our way to hell. And then Christ gives us light. He opens our eyes so that we see sin. And we see our need for him. The anointing of the gospel when our eyes are anointed by the word of the gospel and then when we receive him we are washed by the Holy Spirit and our eyesight is restored we see our need for him just as the bland man and then we worship Christ as we continue to grow in the faith Christ heals our spiritual blindness, opening our eyes so that we see his light. But we see the same thing with this blind man. Look at verses 35 through 38. Look at what it says. 
when Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe in the Son of God? Dost thou believe in the Son of God? And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe in him? Now why does he ask that question? Because he had never saw Jesus Christ with his eyes. The first time he had met Christ, he was blind. And Christ tells him to go and wash, and he washes. And then he hadn't seen Christ again until this moment. And when Christ says, do you believe in the Son of God? He says, who is he that I might believe on him? And then Jesus tells him. Both thou hast seen him, and he it is that talketh with thee. He says you're talking to him, and, and you have now seen him. And what does the man do? It says, I believe, and then he worships him. I believe, and then he worships him. You know, we hear the gospel, we need to be asking the same thing. Who is the Son of God that the gospel speaks about? Who is he? That we might believe in him. When we hear the gospel and our eyes are anointed and then when we have this faith that Christ gives us, we need to be believing on him. Because remember what it says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It is God that gives us the faith to believe. Instead of rejecting Christ, we need to believe and use the faith that God gives us when our eyes are anointed so that we can believe on him. Because just as he opened the eyes of the blind, he can open our eyes. And he can open our eyes to his light and to salvation. When we look at his healing the blind, we see prophecy being fulfilled. We see where it proves that he is the Messiah. It points us back to creation and proves he's the creator of all things. It proves he is God. And it proves our need for him. And if you don't know him as Lord and Savior, you need him today. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings. And Lord, I just pray that if there's anyone here that needs you as Lord and Savior, if there's anyone that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us and overshadow us with your Lord, with your word and your and just your works. Lord, we just we just need them. We need your blessings upon us. And Lord, I just pray that you would just continue to be with us and just overshadow us. 
with your love and your watch care. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.